Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. Welcome back. In this episode, we focus on crafting your ideal lifestyle with your partner. For those of us who are also in long-term relationships, for myself who is married, you have your path, she has her path, and then there's this other third entity that you guys are creating, this relationship, right? So you have these kind of three entities that has their own fulfillment and has their own lifestyle. Um, And so you really have to start to get clear on, okay, what are the things that I love as a husband, as a man, as an entrepreneur, as all of these other things? What are the things that I'm looking to bring into my life? What are the passions that I love to do? And then Michelle needs to ask that too. And then what do we love to do as a couple? And a lot of times some of those are in alignment and some of them aren't, right? So what if you come into a context where to me, you know, we've, we, we kind of have these high levels of passions and then we have these things that we love to do. Like I like to cook, but I don't love to cook. It's not a huge passion, but I, I really like it. We actually just took a, a cooking class a, a couple of days ago. I love Thai food and we learned to make curry and pad thai and Tom Goss soup and it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it, but it's not a huge passion of mine, whereas camping and being outdoors and hiking and and intermixing with other cultures and really experiencing ourselves to new ways of life and being, that's really important to me. So important that not only do I need to experience it, but being able to experience with a partner is not a nice to have, but it's an absolute must. And so what happens when we come into the context of this is something that I absolutely love to do, but my partner realizes, she's like, I'd rather just curl up in a book and not do any of those things. You, this is where you have to ask yourself, is that ultimately going to be a fulfilling lifestyle to you if you have a partner that isn't going to be intersecting with you in some of these high-level things, right? So if, you know, Take example of me, if I love to travel and she loves to travel, but she doesn't love, say, camping or skiing. Like I love to snowboard, but she's not a big snowboarder. And I'm okay with doing that with my friends or doing that with my father or doing that with other people. And so I don't feel lost without having her there. But if she wasn't willing to maybe do some of these like workshops that I love to do, these education workshops or this traveling, that would be really hard for me to be fully fulfilled because it's such a big, big part of my life. And I would feel like there was a little bit of loss there if I wasn't able to share those experiences. And so I think sometimes where a lot of people kind of come into conflict is when you have one partner going one way and the other partner going the other way and they don't have the main items of fulfillment in their life uh, merged. This is where getting clarity on what do you need in your life to feel for free? What do you need on your own personal path? And what do you need in the relationship 
in order to feel like you have a really, truly dynamic, passionate, fulfilling lifestyle. Like you said, taking time to sit with it, figure out what feels good, to experiment and do these things and get the feedback, and then have these discussions with your significant other, right? Sometimes there's a little bit of give and take. And me and her have been doing this on this trip all the time. There are certain things that she loves to do more that there's things that I love to do a little bit more. She doesn't like the museums. I love the museums. Um, there are certain things that she loves to do that I'm like, eh, you know, I could, <laughs> I could give her, give or take on that. And so we, we figure out where the balance is, but really getting clarity on what that looks like. And there's a, a really interesting topic that's been coming up. Me and Josh just had this conversation uh, before we got on this call is the fulfillment of relationships. And there's a couple good articles that came out about one of the number one things for unhappiness in the relationship. And it's not about money. It's not about sex. It's not about politics. But what it is, it's about needs and expectations not being met. And maybe some of the underlying reasons for those might be sex or it might be money or it might not be, you know, be being heard. But it's these expectations sometimes that we have on our lives and on our partners in which we think and how they should be showing up and they're not showing up. So we feel really disappointed, right? We feel like, oh, they should be a little bit tighter with their money and we should have more savings for the family or the other way around. We feel like maybe they're too cheap and they don't live in the moment enough and we always have to worry about money or, you know, he doesn't give me enough sex or she doesn't give me enough sex or I feel like we should have this, right? And this is, again, where clarity and then conversation is such a critical element of fulfillment is really getting clear on what are these things that we need in our life and then how do we bring those into our life and the only reason I bring up significant other is because our intimate relationships are such a key critical piece of our fulfillment and when that becomes unaligned it's really hard to focus on all these other areas of your life. So it's just a, it's just a really critical thing to be aware of, right? And this is sometimes where a third party is an invaluable tool because they can see things that you can't see because you're in the emotional state of it and there's such strong emotional history between you and your partner. But again, it's uh, you know, it all goes down to the you know, those two fundamental things is getting clarity and asking for, for what you want. I think on that same point, uh, it's also interesting. I think sometimes people don't know until they experience. So yeah. I've seen some uh, couples that think they know what they want um, and they've never actually had the experience. So sometimes it can be really hard to say, oh, you like this and I like this. But I think at least asking that question, have you have you experienced it before? Because um, I've had a couple relationships where somebody thought they were one way, um, and I wasn't. I was okay if I was okay if they. For example, if if you don't like to travel, totally cool. Um, but have you ever been on this trip? Have you ever been here? Um, have you experienced it before? Are you open to trying it and just finding different ways to do it? So I think in the conversation, there's ways to find compromise. It sounds like what you guys, what you're saying as well. There's a, you know, because I think there's some couples who can do really well and have totally different interests. Um, but they're, but the flow still works for them. 
Um, and then there's other couples who they have totally opposite interests and the flow doesn't work. Um, so I think continually finding, you know, is there a way to have compromise and still enjoy and feel fulfilled could be other questions to ask is, you know, what's really, and then finding also, I, I will say for the men's side, and I'm sure it's the same way for women, I find sometimes guys, at least uh, like in, in, the, in the men's work that I've been doing, um, a lot of the men don't speak up, which I think is interesting. Sometimes I imagine it could be the flip or maybe the, the female or the whoever's in the, the feminine partner is not speaking up. But I found some men where the female saying, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And I could see the man feeling intimidated and that's not his vision. Um, hmm. So sometimes I think there's a miscommunication on it's almost like, well, she wants to do all these things and I can't afford that or or doesn't inspire me to, to give that to her. But it, he's not communicating that to her. Instead, hmm. he's internalizing it, shutting down. Um, and then shifting dynamics versus saying, like, again, if she wants to travel, can I do travel really inter- – like, because, again, I think sometimes people have a vision of travel and they may say, oh, I want to travel with luxury, right? Um, and your partner, you may be hearing this as a, and going, oh, gosh, well, my partner wants to go, but they don't just want to go to Thailand. They want to go to Thailand and stay in five-star resorts on the water and they want to do this and they want to do this and because that's what their vision is. And you're trying to create that and make it happen. I think sometimes there can be creative ways of looking at it to go, well, what if we went to Thailand and we did it in simpler, you know, you can stay in cheaper hotels, like, is it, and clarifying with each other, is it about the travel or is it about, is it about the travel and this experience? And I think sometimes, right, right, getting this notion of, like, what's the why? Like, like, what's the fundamental, like, yeah, what's the why? What's the why? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? And let's find the flexibility so we can make this happen. And so I guess the, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is, don't internalize it. Don't just think that you can't. If somebody like open the conversation with a partner to find this out, and then when you hear it, it's like, how do you find that delicate dance between not not squashing somebody's vision, but asking questions to see if it if it doesn't fit yours or if it's not going to fit in yours? How do you start to get clear on where's the wiggle room, right? Like, okay, well, totally. Are you totally? Are you open to travel? Sounds like really important to you. So if travel is really important, is it specific that we do these specific things or are you open as long as we're traveling together and having fun? If I created a different experience, would you be open to it? So I think just adding that component in is, is one, getting clarity, um, two, asking your partner to get clarity, three, having a conversation and talking through it. And then when you do have conversations, how do you give each other the space to fully express what sounds amazing and then also ask each other questions so you can find the, the, the common ground? And you could find the compromise where it still makes sense for both of you. As a personal share, out of all these passions, I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm always looking like they have to do this or they have to do this. There are certain things that are must for me, but what is what we've created in our relationship that's an absolute must is okay, you say you may not like to travel this way or you say you don't like to do this one thing or you don't like to play tennis or you don't like to, I don't know, go to museums or or, or whatever it happens to be. But what is a must for me or what is important is the fact that we can talk about it and that we are both at least willing to some degree jump in the water and at least test it out so we have clarity. And so a really good experience share with that is camping. I love to camp. I've done it forever with my dad. And so I think if you listen to our our last podcast about parents and behaviors and patterns and all of that, uh, one of the traits that I got from my dad was this love for camping and this love for being outdoors. And 
Michelle has a love for being outdoors and being in nature. It's really a part of her heart, but she doesn't really like camping. She's not necessarily kind of a, a quote-unquote roughing it girl. She knows how important it was for me, and she didn't really have this huge desire to go camping. And I asked her, I said, you know, would it be okay to at least, you know, explore what camping would look like? Um, it's such a such a big part of my life, and it would mean a lot to me to, to share that experience with you. You know, would you mind doing a, a short little run with me and testing that out? And she was so sweet. She absolutely agreed. So I, I really asked myself, what is this about the experience about camping that I wanted. And for me, it was just about being in nature and disconnecting and being present with her and lighting a fire and walking around and seeing the stars and just feeling like I'm just kind of like this primal man and being back in in, in the woods. That felt really good to me and sharing that experience with my woman. And so I thought about, okay, well, how could I bring that core experience to her but still be in alignment with what she loves to do. Like I can sleep out in the stars. You know, me and Josh, we did a little men's hike a few months ago where it was just all men and we slept under the stars and, you know, in these little tents that were just a little bit bigger than our body. And it was magnificent and we absolutely loved it. Um, But I also realized that that may not be, you know, as fulfilling for Michelle. And so how do I create the core structure of being outside and connecting with nature, but doing it in a way that, that is enjoyable for her? And so I got really excited and, you know, being the man and the providers and, and um, always wanting to be the hero, I went out and I made sure that I, I got things that were fun and comfortable and I got this beautiful tent and I decked it out with this beautiful bedding and I had these lights inside our tent and it was just so comfortable and I had this makeshift kitchen <laughs> in our camp spot and I remember her going, wow, I'm really loving being out here and just taking out my Kindle and just like she loves to read. And she was so at peace. And I remember like I almost melted at the end. And I was like, so how was I go? So how do you love camping now? So I've been teasing her about it because I know she'd been having a really good experience. And she's like, I'm really loving camping. And she goes, I almost don't want to leave now because we were just about to pack Mm. up and leave later that day. And I was just like, oh, it wasn't the fact that she loved camping that hit me the most. And that was really, like, I felt really good. I was like, oh, my gosh, she loves camping. Like, that's just a big bonus for me. If she didn't love camping, you know, it's not a deal breaker. But I would have been a little sad, obviously. But that wasn't why I melted in that point. Why I melted is because she allowed herself in what she thought may not be as enjoyable an experience of camping, based on her old camping experience, that she allowed herself to be open to being wowed by it. She was open to shifting whatever that perception was, and it did. And she found something new that she loved. And so that felt really good to me, the fact that she was actually open to it. And now it's like, yeah, she may not love camping as much as us, but we go camping every year now. And when we go, she loves it. And half the time we end up staying an extra day because she loves it so much. And the fact that she was willing to not only do that for her or to do that for me, but she also did it for her and she did it for the relationship. We've created that muscle and that communication that allows us to try these different things to get that feedback because part of what her initial trepidation was, well, I don't I don't really like camping because that's my old experience, right? And just like what we talked about earlier. Well, that was 22-year-old Josh. 
What about 32-year-old Josh, right? What about Michelle right now in the moment? And we didn't have that confirmation or that feedback until we actually went through those steps and actually went camping. So just a, an experience share for you guys that if you guys are starting to go through and look for this clarity, if you can start to build that muscle that allows both of you to express what you want and to start to create a dynamic in which it allows you guys to to, to test those waters, especially if it's something that you guys are both passionate for. How do you test those waters in a way that you know allows you to see, okay, with who you are right now, how does that feel? What would make you feel good in that and why? Like what is the core reason why that would feel good? And is there an intersection there? Now, she doesn't want to camp the full way that I want to camp and I don't want to camp the full way she wants to camp but there's this beautiful intersection in the middle in which we're both super happy about and we have such a great time doing it yeah there's a there's a couple key distinctions I want to point out from what you said that it's so beautifully done um, and I want to start off with an, with an alternative first and then talk about the flip and I know you were telling me about a friend um, who's a big explorer loves to travel always on the road and uh, his partner um she's not into the camping as much. And I remember you telling me about this friend of yours and the, the, the challenge was exactly what you did. He didn't do. And instead of saying, what, how can I create this epic experience where she would enjoy the experience? So maybe finding the compromise of like, well, how do we travel and stay in nicer hotels or stay in an experience where she, and then and communicate, paint the picture of the experience she can create he tends to stay in budget hotels and he tends to do it like on a minimal budget, which works for him because he's about the travel and the experience, but finding a way to co-create it for his partner. So his experience was, oh, my partner doesn't like to travel. We can't go together. And then his communication style to her wasn't, wasn't finding out how to, what, you know, what's her, why, how can I find a way to create the experience to bring her with me and make it fun for her? So we both get it. And so instead they end up not experiencing it together. Uh, I remember you telling me about this versus, I think the distinction I want to point out is you said, okay, I like camping. She said she doesn't. How do I really pay attention to what she does like? And then how do I communicate this to her in a way to say, I think this will bring us – what I heard from you is you said, I think this – I want to share this experience with you. I think it will bring us closer together. Um, I think we can – I think it will – are you open? I'm not pushing you or forcing you, but are you – I'm inviting you. Are you open to come experience this? And then – you didn't just bring her, but you really paid attention to what would make the experience amazing for her. You put a lot of time and effort into it, and then you created the experience, maybe even gently at first, like not out on a five mile hike, like you know we did in the middle of nowhere. But you know, you did it in a maybe even like a car camping place where it's a little off the beaten path and enough to bring the luxuries, where you could create this experience where she's like, oh, this is camping, like a gentle experience. Um, and I want to point out that distinction because I think a lot of people may listen and go, well, I've tried that and my partner doesn't like this. But have they really tried it and have they paid attention to their partner and have they communicated it to their partner in a way that opens them and lets them know, like, I want to share my, I want to share this amazing experience from my heart. I think it will deepen our connection and here's all the things that I think it will serve in you and invite them and then create the experience on what you – if you pay attention – and find their their distinctions. Like if they like luxury, how do you create a luxury experience? And, and walk them in and baby steps. So I wanted to point out those distinctions. And there's one other thing I want to point out uh, that I admire about what you do, Scott. Um, I think because you've been in this space for you know eight years with your business and been creating this type of lifestyle, um, you've developed a lot of hobbies with your time as well, like photography. And uh, um, so I think you know what's accelerated the experience is not only do you go, what I've observed in you, 
not only do you go on these experiences, but you know you bring two or three different cameras and you're creating these epic. You know, you're you're capturing these beautiful moments. You're you you bring that you have the foresight to bring you know a little thing where you can bring a little picnic out and create this moment and then take pictures and then edit the pictures. So I feel like you've really been able to start with the basics. Like I just first needed a couple of days. You know, I see though I see like to tie it all together, right? It started off with like, wow, I really was enjoying this. Now I'd like to create this new vision. So you got the clarity. You started the business. You started creating baby steps a day at a time, a weekend at a time. Then as you started to get bigger chunks, you changed from, okay, well, how do I make this experience more fulfilling? Oh, if I learn photography now when I'm going these places, I can capture the moments. Oh, if I learn the programs to fine-tune the photos, um, I can bring out these images even more. Oh, what would make it even more fulfilling a partner to share it with? And now how do I bring this partner into my vision and share some of these really sacred moments with it and now combining those loves? So I just think – you know, it's like, how do we keep keep working on making it more fulfilling? And as we do, how do we practice? Because I really firmly believe it's a practice. How do we practice communicating that um, and enrolling people in the vision in a way that serves them? Mm-hmm. I think it's a core distinction, you know, in a way that serves them, not us. It's not like, I want to do camping, so and, it, and you don't like it, so we're not coming here. Or I've seen the other where somebody shuts down. Um, and then they're, I, I, you know, where it's like, oh, well, you want to go camping? I don't. All right, fine, we'll go. Right. And then they're there. So they're sacrificing. They're almost sacrificing their own, their own needs. Yeah. Yeah. They're sacrificing their own needs instead of saying like, okay, well, you, they could be flip. Like, let's say the other person wants, so it could be proactive. Like, you know what? You mm-hmm. really like to go camping. I've observed, like, you like to rough it. It's not my style. I would be open to going camping with you if we could create more of an experience around it. Right. So I think it can be proactive, not just in the invitation. But if you have a partner that's reaching out to you, um, how do you be proactive in thinking, how could I how could I experience this and still meet my needs, right? And so I think it can go on both ways from the invitation to also if somebody's inviting you, again, the communication on how to make that a co-creation. Yeah, I, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And on the core, and I just, I just want to get back to this, on the core you know, kind of theme of what we're talking about here is when we're talking about how do you create your ideal lifestyle? Again, this is just a personal opinion, but I'm of the belief that we are on this earth to experience our passions as much as we can. So how do we create a lifestyle that allows us to express our passions? And for me, it wasn't just about travel because travel is just one of them. And that's why I don't need to travel two months every two months, right? So it's not like two months I travel and then two months I'm here and two months I travel and two months I'm gone. That would actually be an unfulfilling life because there's a part of me that loves to nest. I love being home and creating projects and you know, I, I like a little bit of routine as well. So it's figuring out what is the stuff that we love to do. And travel is just one of them. The other one is like Josh said, I love photography and I love DJing and music and, and a few other things. And so the more that we can create a lifestyle that allows us and the, the time and resources that allows us to do things that we're passionate about, ultimately, when we're on that rocking chair, when we look back and we think, God, did I have a good, fulfilling life? These are the things that are going to help support that outstanding yes. And so it's really about cultivating things that we love to do. If those things that we love to do are with other people through shared experiences, how do we really you know, incorporate 
all that together. So this is not just about necessarily hobbies, but if you love your kids, how do you create a lifestyle that is really conducive to spending more time with them, right? So you have 32-year-old Josh. If 35-year-old Josh is married with kids, traveling was probably going to become less of an importance for you. But spending time and being able to go to your little girl's you know, poetry recital, that's going to become boom, at the top of the list. And so how do we just really create more family time or whatever that is for you? So we really want to make sure that taking time to not always distract ourselves, to really start to become clear with whatever the stuff is that we love to do, to be able to start to to incorporate more of that into our lives. Yeah, and I, I want to, I've been feeling this, I want to share this as well. Um, you know, I think so much of the time, a lot of people think once I back to the conversation of the art of fulfillment versus the science of achievement. And once I get this, then I'll be enough. And yeah. I want to point out something else that's, that's really important. And, you know, just because you start to, and again, don't get me wrong, everything we're talking about brings more joy. It brings more fulfillment. I feel more at peace. I feel less tension and stress. It feels amazing. But I will also say there's stuff still comes up. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, once I do all this, then all my problems will go away. And I think a lot of people have that expectation of like, oh, once I'm an actor and I have success, then I'll get rid of these problems. Once I make a million dollars, then these problems go. Once I get the relationship, once I go on this travel, once I once I do this, then this will stop. And I think something important to say is like part of that's always going to be with us. There's a part of life that's up and there's a part of life that's down. It's just like the waves in the ocean. They contract and they expand. You know, they come crashing down. And sometimes it's still and sometimes it's raging storms. And I feel like that's part of life. And I feel like it doesn't matter what you achieve. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. That's going to be there. So if that's there, why not make it better? You know, why not make it more fulfilling? Why not make it more fulfilling? So when you are on the rocky slopes, (laughs) you know, and it's when it's heavy, you can have the freedom to do something that's that's at least a little bit, um, a little bit easier to be with, right? It's like ah, I noticed more recently for me. I'm observing because I do a lot of work around grief and learning to be with the grief and learning to accept, um, if you will, the waves. The waves crashing could be that metaphor. And instead of sometimes in our numbing and our distracting, um, how do I just be more creative? And I know for me, what I'm finding is I'm feeling a lot of fulfillment with ah. Heaviness just set in. Cool. Let me go grab some fire tools and go play with fire. Or let me go to the beach and go on a run. Or let me do some martial arts. Or let me read. Like, so how do I move into doing things that feel more fulfilling? Um, so I guess this is just kind of the, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll close with this piece of it. But I really say, as you're taking time to envision what you want for your life, I'd also experiment with taking time to experience through the lows. Um, to experience when it gets heavy, when you, we all do it. We go through moments when it's heavy and we find ways to numb and avoid and distract. And how do we find more fulfilling ways to go through those moments? Um, so, what, so what does that mean to go through those ways? You talked about obviously numbing it. What is not, well, what does not numbing it look like? Yeah. So there's a, you know, a real good example is, uh, Jim Carrey, just somebody in the public eye, you know, who's, uh, I love him. He totally inspires me. I just think he speaks radical truth. Yeah, and, uh, I like him too. there's a recent video of him painting and, uh, it would stemmed a lot of it stemmed from a woman that he was dating his girlfriend that committed suicide and his way of 
processing where some people may turn to alcohol or addictions or whatever it is, is he's painting. He's creatively painting and expressing through art. And so there's art, there's music, there's, um, there's community, spending time with friends, there's activities, there's workshops, there's doing, but it's, it's the distinction of, I think sometimes when, you know, we, we tend to, to celebrate when things are good and, you know, when it gets bad, sometimes we can have pretty heavy, harsh, um, things that we do to numb and it could be anything from addictions to alcohol to substance to what I'm learning with a lot of this work is how do we be a little bit gentler with ourselves through them? Cause, cause here's what happened. If we shame ourselves, if I do something that I judge in myself for doing, cause I'm an achiever. So sometimes I'll give you an example, sitting around eating, maybe something that's not quite as healthy, like a piece of pizza or whatever it is and watching a movie Sometimes I can beat myself up for, as an example, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm beating myself up. And then maybe what I needed is just to take a little break and relax, right? So what I'm finding is um, if I identify what the moments are, um, I'm probably wanting to deal with something or I'm feeling heavy or whatever the experience is. And I move into those patterns to feel it. And then what happens is if I shame myself, I stay stuck in those loops, right? Because I'm like hiding it and feeling bad and shaming and feeling wrong. What I found is if I start to notice those patterns, like, oh, I'm wanting to do this, I find myself just like, what sounds fun? Like, how do I go do something creative? Or how do I go do something to move the body? Or do something to still do something, right? Um, but do something that that feels open. I don't know how to, I, might, I guess it's a, I'll give you another example. I have a buddy that's going through a lot of grief right now, and he has a betrayal in his relationship. And what he's finding is he gets up in the morning, and he writes. And through the, he does meditation, and he writes, and there's some tears that come out. And then he goes on a walk and he goes on what he's grateful for. Um, and before that, he was um, really just having a hard time and he was crying. But it wasn't like he was he was with the energy. He was resisting the energy. So I guess the distinction is when you feel yourself doing something kind of out of reaction, how do we become conscious of it and move it into more of a place of, again, bringing us closer to what we would make us more fulfilled? Okay. Does that make it sense or is it a little bit big? No, it does. Um, and, and so just to kind of tack on what you're saying, in order to – because I get what you're saying. A, a lot of times – I see this in men a lot, especially with the older generation of American men and our fathers and grandfathers is you know, when times are good, we celebrate. But when times are hard or there's hard life experiences, you know, death in the family, parental figure – walks away, we tend to push that and to ignore it and, and not look at it. And you mentioned, you know, sometimes being with that. And you mentioned Jim Carrey, like his outlet was painting. So at what point does like painting or whatever other expression, at what point is that numbing it? And or at what point is that still being with it? Yeah, great distinction. What I'm observing is it's the duality that it's it's going to be there. So at some point, there's always, if you will, uh, what would be kind of a numbing because it's heavy, right? There is a heaviness. There's a um, – I think we have this vision that we want it to always feel so good because it feels so good. And it's like with the magnet. If you look at a magnet, there's a positive and a negative. If you cut a magnet, there's still a positive and a negative. So because we live in a dualistic world, there's always going to be the joy and there's going to be the heaviness. Right. So – so the, I guess the light and the heaviness, a lot of what our conversation around fulfillment is, at least for me, my experience is, is what's going to make me feel lighter? What's going to make me feel 
closer to that light, I guess, is what my experience of fulfillment is. What's going to make me feel when I think of fulfillment, I think of freedom. Yeah. I think of joy. Yeah. I think of happiness. And I definitely all the things we're talking about, all of it makes me feel that way. But I think I guess a core distinction is I still have my heaviness. And I guess that's the thing I'm wanting to point out is um, just because I've done all these things, there's still moments that are tough. There's still yeah. moments that I have heaviness. I have sadness. I have these we're humans in the human experience. So I guess the point that I was wanting to make is I think sometimes I have a some at least I did maybe personally. I had a false expectation of once I created my life this way, I thought it would be just I would be easy. And I think what I'm discovering is um, I still have my moments and my up and my down. But if I create my lifestyle, I get to choose um, what I create. You know, I get to choose what those he- quote unquote heavy moments can look like. And I can have a heavy moment and I can go down to the beach and appreciate life and be with my moment in the sand and connecting with the earth and the water. And it's a totally different experience from, you know, back in the day when I used alcohol or substance or numbing to run from it. Versus now I'm getting the realization that it's, if it's both there, how do I more uh, – again, it's it's kind of like how do I be with myself gently? It's like self-love. How do I really be gentle with myself in the heavy moments? And how do I go do things, whatever it could be, that in a sense is a little bit dealing with that pain? You're being with that pain um, and allowing it to run its course. Yeah. But I'm doing it in a way that's not, um, I guess, hurting the body, whatever that would be if it's – numbing and I'm putting myself down. So, so to me, substance, a lot of things that I would maybe do in the past that would numb it um, and kind of, but weren't uplifting, weren't um, weren't serving my body versus now I'm doing, I'm moving into a place where I'm still in it, but I'm able to do it in a more conscious, loving space and be with it. So it's just slight twist. So, so I guess it's, I'm bringing it up because it's still part of my lifestyle and I'm realizing it's a part of life can go really good for like a couple months and then boom, like a couple weeks ago, I had this heavy, like, I don't know where it came from. All of a sudden it was heavy <laughs> and I found myself like on the couch, like observing myself, like, wow, I'm watching movies. I'm eating two pad ties instead of one, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And to yeah. me, that's a pattern. I'm like, wow, I'm numbing something. What's the emotion? And I was just like, oh, I can sit here and do this. Is this so? I found myself asking, "Is this fulfilling, or is there something else that I can do to serve me?" Um, I noticed myself wanting to go get some alcohol and drink some wine, and I'm like, "You know what? That's not as fulfilling anymore. Um, it's more fulfilling to go down to the beach." And so, I guess it's a it's a different subject because most people don't talk about it, but I want to bring it up because I think it's relevant. Is how do we create a fulfilled fulfilled life and experience all the joys, and then how do we also become more mindful? Um, of when it's heavy and uh, accepting that it's going to be heavy and realizing we can still choose um, what's what we want to bring to bring. We can find other ways of dealing with those moments that are gentler, that are more loving. Mm-hmm. And I find if we are those, what ends up happening is there's not as much of a, like in the past, let's say I would eat a lot of food and drink. I would wake up totally hungover for a couple of days and I would stay in it. I'm finding the more I accept it and learn to be with it, um, it kind of, allows it to run through me instead of getting clogged. It almost feels like before I would numb it so hard that it was almost like trying to come out, if you will. Maybe here's a good analogy. I feel like whatever the emotion in me was, was trying to come out and I would, didn't, I judged it. So I would keep trying to push it down through the numbing. And what I've learned to is if I'm accepting it, I'm like, oh, you need to come through me. Like, how do I be with this energy as it moves through me um, versus judging it, shaming it, making it wrong? learn to just be with it. And as I'm able to be with it, um, I'm finding it doesn't last as long. Um, it runs its course. And it's, I guess the whole point is 
it's more fulfilling in the heaviness, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it than, does. Than the than the running and the numbing and the right. It's a different energy. Yeah, I've I've noticed the same thing. When you kind of accept it, and you've almost kind of led your life in a way that makes it okay for these heaviness moments to come up because they're always going to come up. Life is always going to throw you curveballs and speed bumps and that will never go away. I think the, the core point of this is if we can incorporate our ideal lifestyle is not to necessarily avoid any of these speed bumps, but to allow them to come up, allow them to serve us, allow them to you know, flow through us, that they will start to come through us and they will start to come up. But what I've realized, as long as we're not numbing the pain or distracting ourselves, that it gets through a lot faster. And usually on the other side of that is is a little bit more relief and, and a little bit more clarity. But, um, you know, again, having these, these unrealistic expectations that our ideal lifestyle is not going not gonna to have any heaviness. I think we're just setting ourselves up for you know, kind of a world of, um, of hurt and pain because it's always, always going to come up. You know, maybe this will be the topic of another one where I'm, I'm finding one of the deepest ways to feel fulfillment and peace is in actually the acceptance of, of my grief. And yeah. I think this will be probably another topic that we go deeper into, but I'm experiencing more joy emotionally than I've, than I've ever had. And I think it's because I finally allowed myself to accept some of the pains um, more than I've ever been willing to go. Um, and we're human. So it's almost like, you know, as we experience the depth of our pain, we're then able to experience the depth of our joy. And I think for a lot of years, I was walking around a little bit more numb to life. Not not quite like, oh, this is the juice, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy where I'm allowed to cry because I'm so happy or I'm allowed to cry because I'm sad. And just like that joy of being human uh, to me is so fulfilling. So um, I think this will probably be another topic because we can go really deep into this about emotional fulfillment, maybe the the topic around it and um, how to really experience the the deep juice and emotional fulfillment. But I just wanted to put that into your day of this is the ideal lifestyle. Um, I think it, again, just finding time to be, if you can create it, and you can start to make slight shifts, even if it's just a little bit, everything will start to change. It's been an awesome call. Uh, we were rocking. Thanks so much for joining us. You can always find us at masteringfulfillment.com if you get updates on any episodes or you want to hear some of the previous ones. We got a lot of interesting topics from relationships to parents. And, you know, it'll just keep coming at you depending on what shows up each week. We'll continue to share as we continue to record these podcasts for you. So if you have any questions, feel free to send them in to us. And we look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Visit us at masteringfulfillment.com for other podcasts such as these. Or if you're looking to take your personal fulfillment to another level, feel free to get in contact with either myself or Joshua Winter.